welcome to Saturday Morning Statistics. Pardon the atmosphere and the lighting. I am at Canicon in Virginia Beach. So getting to see the, what's going on with the industry here in Virginia, you know, learning from the experts here. And I can share a lot with you because there's been some, you know, some big developments and lots of information to be shared. So, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and kick off our presentation for today. Well, actually, before we do that, Mar Mar Marjana, mm -hmm. are you interested in introducing yourself? Um, so my name's Keegan. I founded Canlytics to be useful to people in the cannabis space by providing analytics. That's my comparative advantage. So curious, what, what brings you to the cannabis space and what are you interested in learning? Uh, so let's see. Um, I think uh, cannabis um, is a good alternative to drinking. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I'm just interested in in this space, to be honest, especially with it being legalized in so many states. I'm curious to know what the uh, population stats look like for cannabis use. Um, and how is the market gearing towards, um, you know, uh, getting more people to try it out? Um, there's so many populations that are not being targeted. Um, and I, I do have a, a research science background. So I was in academic research for almost 10 years. Um, so I do have some experience with uh, data analytics and statistics. And then while I was in academia, I realized that I should I should get better with programming. Uh, that's how I uh, started programming just to make my life easier. Um, I just quit academia during the pandemic yeah. and just like joined a little coding boot camp. Uh, now I just work as a tech consultant, but uh, uh, my my real love is still data analytics. So yeah, awesome. Well, you're you're in the right place, and in fact, you may be able to teach us a thing or two. So you've probably been in academics longer than I was. So I just studied economics for three years or so after getting my bachelor's. So. You probably have more of a rigorous background than I. There may be some others in the group that have good backgrounds as well. However, I'm sure you have a lot to contribute to the group. So I'm often a little loose with terminology and we could add a bit more rigor to the group. So hope maybe that's something that your rigorous background could add. So, so that's awesome to have you aboard. And without further ado, I'll just go ahead and give you a brief introduction of some of the work we've been doing. Cool. And some of the future work. So we'll have to look more on the consumption side here in upcoming meetups. So I am always interested in hearing what people are interested in you're interested in what groups are consuming cannabis. 
And we can definitely look at that because there's definitely differences. Yes. I mean, you see that, but that's not like data, <laughs> what you see. So, yeah. Yes, that's just anecdotal evidence. So if yeah. you just go into a dispensary and just, just look at the traffic coming and exactly. going, yeah. there's a, a mix of crowd and, you know, anecdotally, it looks like, you know, sometimes you'll get some older consumers and they'll take a long time to shop, but then they'll end up spending a, a whole lot on edibles or something of that sort. And so you're right. I think retailers are trying to understand yes. the types of consumers and try to understand opportunities, right? Because there may not be a lot of growth in say flower consumption. And so that's something where we could look at like, so how is flower consumption changing over time versus edible consumption over time? Because I've got a hunch just from the data we've observed so far that edible growth may be larger than flower growth. And so these are actually metrics that we can calculate here in the meetup group. Cool. And see if they're statistically different or what have you. So we may dive into some of that today. It's not exactly what I prepared, but I don't see why we couldn't look at it. We may look at it cursorily in a cursory manner. And then next week, I could have something better prepared on consumption for you, or even on Wednesday. But yeah, I, I'm excited about the Wednesday uh, meetup too. Uh, how many people usually like show up to these meetups? So, yes. So, so yes. So today, just you and myself. So small crowd. So <laughs> so so Wednesdays we typically have a, a larger audience. So this past Wednesday we had a good group there may have been six to eight people and so about five to six steady and then maybe a total of eight that came and went so the wednesday group we have a bit more attendees saturday morning statistics has actually just been cheyenne and myself so far i think cheyenne must have an engagement this morning or or as other opportunities for his time so it's just you and i this morning so Saturday morning statistics, we're still trying to grow, but you know, you paid a dollar. So I'm going to try to make that worth your while. And so I can basically give you some information a little sooner than the Wednesday group and some insider tips. So that's what I try to, to give for Saturday morning. But, but without further ado, this is what's happening in Massachusetts. So we've been looking at Massachusetts data and we actually want to revise some statistics because we were calculating statistics based on total number of licenses. Well, I attended a Massachusetts public meeting on Thursday, November 18th and I learned a lot about the current state of the Massachusetts market, as well as how we can calculate statistics better, as well as calculate statistics that are in demand. So you'll get some, some tidbits there. So long story short, lots of licenses, only, you know, about a 10th 
of licenses um, have been approved, um, maybe a little more than that. Um, so there's still a lot of incomplete pending or even withdrawn applications. Looking at the ones that have been approved, this is the breakdown of the, the licenses that have been approved. And then I believe these 124 may have met criterion where they could go ahead and get started. But don't quote me on that. So long story short, we're essentially interested in businesses that are actually operating. So we were calculating statistics like plants per license and revenue per license. Well, those are misleading statistics because those, some of those licenses aren't operational. So today, we're going to go back through and calculate plants per operational cultivator and revenue per operational retailer. Because before, we were basically saying, okay, there are 379 retailers in the market, 285 cultivators, and we were calculating our averages based on these totals. But if you look at the breakdown of these totals and the data we have, there's discrepancies here. So there's still uncertainties that I may even have to email one of these commissioners or somebody who works at the C Cannabis Commission to figure out what data we're actually looking at. But long story short, we're more interested in when we're calculating averages in the licenses that are have a final license or have even commenced operations here. Well, why are we interested in looking at this? Well, I teased before that I had a sneaking suspicion that the square foot of a facility mattered. So they actually talked about this in the meeting where they said, okay, what's the number of cultivation by cultivation size? So Massachusetts has quite a granular market. So you've got 11 tiers here and they had the breakdown of the totals by tier. And this is where a commissioner had a question that was left unanswered and Kinlytics is here to provide value and the Cannabis Data Science Group too is here, you know, here to provide value and calculate interesting statistics that people want to know and we think we can calculate with public data and we could provide value by calculating those statistics. Well, what did the commissioner want to know? Well, in Massachusetts, you have an application type where you can be designated as a disadvantaged business enterprise. And so these are applicants where the Cannabis Commission would like to see these licenses. You know, they're not um, going to, you know, skip any regulations, but they want to, you know, help 
these licenses get approved, you know, get up and running and make sure they're not excluded from the market. Because the idea is, so here's the, the actual language the Cannabis Commission uses that they want to you know make sure that everybody's included in the market in particular massachusetts has designated these 29 cities mm. and once again pardon my terminology if if it's because it may actually be Massachusetts may have designations for these geographic areas. So I'm going to be a little rough with the language here, but in general, Massachusetts is trying to aim, is aiming to help out people that are seeking licenses in these disproportionately impacted areas. So, so you know, if you're a resident of Amherst or Pittsfield, I've been to Pittsfield and Springfield, then there may be language in the Massachusetts charter to, to help you get started with a business. And so the commissioner was interested in what is the breakdown of these cultivation types by essentially DBE status, so disadvantaged business enterprise so right so here you have right we know there's right 12 commenced tier ones 16 oh we've got somebody Christoph so welcome to the group Christoph we're talking about cultivations in Massachusetts in particular we were going to, we were just about to look at the breakdown of cultivation tiers by disadvantaged business enterprise. So this was a statistic that a commissioner specifically requested and they're going to have their internal data science team calculate that statistic, but we thought we could be entrepreneurial and perhaps beat them to it uh, and, and calculate the statistic um, and just go ahead and, you know, maybe, right, time is money. So the quicker we can provide them with this statistic, the more valuable it is. So long story short, we're going to try to do a count here of license types by tier. And we want to see what's the breakdown of disadvantaged business enterprises by tier. And then it's Saturday morning statistics, so we can do a little better than just a count. So we were actually, last week, we were talking about variance. Hmm. And so essentially, if you're looking at two samples, Two metrics that we're interested in to know if they're different are essentially their mean and their variance. So here is just fictitious data, but this is just two different samples that have the same mean, but different variances. So what we've been talking about is essentially square feet. 
So we can actually measure the square, we actually have a measure of the square feet of these facilities. So there's, it's just sort of an arbitrary distinction, but I thought one thing we could do is we could try to measure the, the mean square feet of the facility for a disadvantaged business enterprise and a non-disadvantaged business enterprise. And then also potentially calculate the variances in those and then see if they're statistically different because i think that's at least a way that we can begin to quantify the impact of the cannabis commission's goal here right because they're trying to make sure their licensing procedure is such that you know, all of these businesses have an equal playing field and nobody's left behind. It's going to be tough. I mean, you could actually look at sales data, but we don't actually have sales data. So the best we could look at, well, not the best, but a measure we can look at is facility size. So I was thinking, you know, we could measure these and see if their facility sizes are about the same. Because, you know, if your facility size is smaller on average, then, you know, you may have a, a tough time competing. So that's essentially the research question of the day. And we're going to approach our analysis with ANOVA. So analysis of variance. So we're essentially going to perform a statistical test to see if these two populations or these two samples we have samples of two populations here are equal or not we can't say for certain but we can at least say the likelihood of one outcome or the other so so that's essentially our null hypothesis is disadvantaged business enterprises and non-DBEs have the same square footage on average. And then we can either fail to reject or we can reject that hypothesis if we can conclude there's a statistical difference in the, the means. So that is the theoretical framework and the research question at hand. And so without further ado, let's calculate some statistics here. So for those just joining the group, well, <laughs> Christoph and Marjana, Massachusetts does a good job at making data publicly available through a public open API. And in fact, the, at the meeting, they were talking about how they're trying to be leaders in this regard. And I have to give them compliments. It's useful to have this data available. And we've been working with data from a lot of different states and have sometimes had to write collection algorithms 
And so sometimes collecting and standardizing the data can be some of the trickiest part. So, you know, we're thankful for Massachusetts for making this data available. So we can read in some of this data, check out some of the prior weeks of cannabis data science to get some in-depth about how we're reading in this data. So I'm gonna be moving through this part quickly, but essentially we're just going to make a request to the open API. We're going to get the licensees data here. Right, and so what does this data look like? Well, we have a lot of data points for every licensee. So here's their license number, their license type, transporter. We have their DBE status. And correction from prior weeks here is in prior weeks, we were using the app create date as when this business started, became oper operational. Well, better, well, I just realized we may actually want to use the activity date here, but essentially for the cultivations, if we want to look at the cultivations with the final license, there's a field here where there's a timestamp if the license has a final license. So there's still work to be done here, figuring out you know which licenses are actually operational. So today we'll just be looking at final licenses, but I realized we may actually want to, to use activity date here. Um, but long story short, this is the license data. In other weeks, we've looked at the production data. So we'll tangentially use this today. But, you know, this will have things such as our sales data. In fact, Marjana, for next week, we can actually look at the products. So we could actually look at the various product types. So Nick, so maybe on Wednesday, we can start to look at a breakdown. Well, either Wednesday or next Saturday, we can start to look at a breakdown of product types. So see if edible sales or concentrate, beverage, what have you, sales are increasing or decreasing try to categorize those so so lots of rich data we have here centrally i thought you know for today we could just start looking at you know final licenses so so we're measuring 365 
here, their total is 316. This is after the Thursday meeting. So at the Thursday meeting, they approved a handful or more than a handful of new retailers, cultivators, labs, and other businesses. So I believe that these numbers are higher because Um, because new licenses have come online since Thursday, the 18th. One statistic I want to look at real quick is, let's just look at the, the length of the licensees here. So the count of licensees where, let's look at the activity date real quick. Let's just see where the activity date is greater than the first day. of sales. Okay. One second, this is the greater. Yeah. Okay, so the activity date, I don't think we want to use um, because that may just be when their license was active. So once again, we may not be using the same metrics that were used here in this to create this table, although I think we're using the same data. So like I said, it's worth an email to the Cannabis Commission to figure out if we're working with the same data points here. But long story short, for today, we'll perform our analysis with final licensees. And we're just going to have to hope that these are the only licensees that are operational rule of thumb never just hope so we're going to have to find out for certain we'll do that in the future so for now we're just going to have to proceed as is um, because like i said the 365 is the closest to their measure of 316 assuming that the difference are licensees that have been added since thursday so we can now look at weekly sales, weekly plants, and the weekly number of employees. So these are metrics we've looked at in the past here. These are just total sales, total plants, and total employees in Massachusetts. So we see, okay, you know, there's almost 10,000 employees in the market. Well, I just realized our employee measure may be, may be skewed, but we were why doing. The, why is the employee measure skewed? Oh, I was, well, I was thinking, well, down here we calculate uh, here I want to calculate employees per license and i just was thinking if i'm calculating employees per final license there may be employees on the books that aren't necessarily working for final licenses oh okay so i think this is another question i 
I want to ask the Cannabis Commission are, you know, at what point are the employees licensed and counted? Is that the a point which they get a final license or do the employees start getting counted earlier? So, so this one employees per license, this measure may not be accurate, but, but long story short, we're going to use the date of when an when a license was licensed. And so we're going to say, we're going to try to make a count throughout time of when these retailers or cultivators came online. So we're basically going to say they came online the day when they got their final license. So if we just look at, at these statistics, this would be the total number of retailers that are online. And so, right, so their measure was 176 on November 18th. And we're measuring, you know, 187 as as the the latest observed. So so our count is higher than their count. Um, Well, 187, I mean, that is 176 plus 11. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we may not want to assume there. But but long story short is this is, I think, a better approximation of the actual number of retailers that are open today than the than this 379 number, which we were using. So I'm I'm curious. So there's a, a separation of what kind of license it is, right? It's a full license or a provisional license. What is there? Like, is it on their site? What you can do with provisional licenses? Like, what's this? What can you not do? Um, I guess. Yes, and that was something that I'm going to have to read more about. Okay. Just from the public meeting, the language that was used at the, the public meeting, it sounded like the provisional licenses Okay, so it looks like, so to me, it sounded like around the stage where you get your provisional license is the stage where you can actually open your doors i'm going oh. like i said okay i'm going to have to read the the language a little bit better hmm. but that's essentially what it sounded like to me but don't don't quote me on this because i'm still still finding out about the massachusetts market myself so but but that's what it seemed like to me and i think it's different per license type so it sounded like they may be letting these 
delivery operators and transporters potentially operate at earlier stages, but um, hmm. but but that's what it sounded like to me. Was it sound? But like I said, I so don't quote me on this. This is an answer I'm going to have to get you for the future. But for today, we're operating under the assumption that provisional license and well, so basically, this is what it looks like to me. It looks like they may have another data point that we don't have. So here it looks like there's provisional licenses and final licenses. And then it looks like some of the final licenses plus some of the provisional licenses have actually commenced. So I wish I could give you a better answer, but. Okay, yeah. But, but, so, but the data we have, so if you just look at the data that we have, Um, we just know if they're a provisional license, a provisional consideration, a final license, or in process. So, so like I said, we're just using these ones that have this final licensure date. And these are the only licenses that have these also have the final license status. <clears throat> so we may be excluding some provisional licenses that are operating from our analysis, which would bias our averages upwards. So last, like basically last time, our averages were biased downwards because we were including too many licenses. This time our, our estimates may be biased upwards because we may be excluding too many licenses. So we would like to eliminate our bias by finding out the exact people that are operating, um, but uh, we still have a bit of homework to do. So. Yeah, because they could probably sell with provisional license, right? Depending on like what is allowed. Yeah, so that 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 is my hunch. So what we can do is we can do our analysis here, and then we can even include people with provisional licenses and kind of kind of look at the two. So in fact, let's let's do just that. So if we were going to say include people here that also have a provisional license you know we can do that and get a count here exactly and so there's just something like I said, it just doesn't feel like we're working with the same data because here, you know, um, 
you know, we're saying if we include all the provisional licenses, well, that's almost that's more than ninety percent of all the licensees. Mm -hmm. So the data we have does not appear to be have all these same fields that their internal data has. So that's something that I I kind of want to ask about. So but I always preface this that we I'm just going to have to kind of power through this just for the sake of demonstrating some statistics today. So I want to heavily hedge any conclusions or inferences or statistics that we calculate today because as you can see there's some major questions about our data that need to be answered if you're doing a rigorous analysis. So we're sort of doing a quick and dirty today just to show how you can calculate statistics. This analysis needs to be much more rigorous, you know, if you're professionally presenting this to somebody or you're trying to make policy decisions or what have you. So, so long story short, quick and dirty for today, but we do want to do our homework and revise our statistics as we learn more. So, so the best I can say is we're going to count the ones that have technically got their final licenses and keep in mind that any averages here may be biased upwards because we may be excluding some operational licenses. But if we were just going to look at sales and plants per retailer and slash cultivator. Here, let's look at these one at a time. Um, so, right, so we had our weekly sales going up and up and up, but, you know, you also have more and more retailers entering the market. And so if you look at sales per retailer, here I'm going to measure it in thousands of dollars per week. So our prior estimates were probably low compared to what retailers are actually making. So here you see in the early stages of the market, you have, I mean, this is 500,000 in sales per week per retailer as more and more retailers enter this you know the average sales per retailer is decreasing which suggests the market's becoming more competitive over time and, and profits may yeah probably like we aren't getting newer consumers either, right? Well, there will be some growth in consumption, right? Because you've got natural population growth, plus you potentially ha may have a change in the proportion of the population that's consuming. Plus, there are income effects and substitution effects. So, 
So you actually have both in the cannabis industry. So basically what happens is as people become wealthier, they'll, they will, you know, they'll just consume more of everything. So they will consume more cannabis, but you also actually have a substitution effect in the cannabis market where, right? So people with higher incomes for whatever reason are less likely to consume cannabis. So that's why cannabis consumption tracks oddly with say GDP, because you've got two different effects going on, right? When the economy is doing real well, people have higher incomes, but you know, they may not, they may or may not be spending more on cannabis. So, so there, there's long story short, there's a bunch of effects going on. So it's hard to determine if, you know, consumption is increasing or decreasing. We saw though that, you know, you know, sales per week, you know, is, is going, does have a positive trend here. Um, will it plateau, you know, potentially? Hmm. Um, but like I said, there should all, depending on the population growth of Massachusetts, you know, one would expect that consumption will continue growing eventually at a steady state with population growth. So eventually you'll hit a steady state growth. Okay. But, um, right. And, you know, one would expect, you know, you may hit a stable amount of sales per retailer eventually. And we know we've actually talked about this in prior weeks, but, you know, we were talking about variance. Well, You've got a higher variant. It appears that you have a higher variance in sales in these later weeks than in prior weeks. So we've noticed that yes, sales are higher in total per week, but they're also much more volatile. So you've got a you know a pretty volatile market here. Uh, so long story short, we've got a slightly better measure of sales per retailer here and i think this would be interesting to forecast into 2022 because we forecasted but we were including all the licenses so our, our forecasts were biased heavily downwards so it'd be i would like to repeat our forecasts moving through here real quick just to get some statistics before the, the end here can show you plants per retailer, I mean plants per cultivator. This is also a better metric than we had calculated prior weeks. And in fact, um, let's just look at it for the last year. Um, and so this is actually real interesting. So we are measuring that there's around a little less than 1,700 plants per cultivator. It was just in a seminar this morning when they were talking about facility design and they were talking about, you know, actually, I may be getting ahead of myself. They were talking about square feet in the, in, uh, 
in December. Okay, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but um, but long story short, this is a better measure of plants per cultivator. And then this is the metric that I'm the least sure about, employees per license. And so this would be employees per final license. So we were measuring employees per total licenses, including the pending ones is around 10, which seemed a little low. And here we're now measuring, you know, around, what, around 30, a little less than 30 employees per license. And this may seem a bit more appropriate here. Um, hedging that, right? Well, not hedging, but just taking into consideration that you, you have a different number of employees at cultivations than, than at retailers. Yeah, maybe be dependent on the size of the, uh, it could be dependent on the square footage. Um, maybe there's correlation. I don't know. Exactly. And once again, we do the best we can with our limited data, right? Because if we were actually at the, the Cannabis Commission, they actually know the exact number of employees per license. So they could actually calculate the actual average. Um, you know, we're just trying to estimate it the best we can. Um, so once again, we're doing the best we can with our limited data. So, but this is a statistic they can calculate better than we can. So we'll, we'll leave this to them and then we'll calculate some of the statistics that we can calculate. Okay. So now that I've showed you all of these data that we're quite uncertain about, we can, we can move into some, some, some that are a little easier to, to quantify here, just ones or zeros. So here, we're essentially just going to identify, you know, if these licenses are classified as a, a disadvantaged business enterprise, a DBE. And so, right, so they already have this coded to a certain extent, right? They have... Um, Right. So they have a variable called DBE. And you know, these are the, the various categories here. We're essentially simplifying, right? Because if if we were going to look at all of these individually, there may not be very many observations under each particular category. So we're going to simplify and just say, okay, we're going to either classify these as not a DBE or, or we're going to assume if they don't say not a DBE, then they are a DBE. That is how I'm interpreting this data. Once again, never guess. So we need to make certain that is in fact the case, but I'm but if, if you look at this, so if you say, okay, let's just say, say all the ones that are not a DBE, zero, all the ones that otherwise, one, 
we can, you know, we can start to just get, uh, you know, binary data here. And I've done a lot of work with uh, binary data sets. So that for whatever reason, that just the way stars aligned, I got a lot of economics and econometrics professors that heavily studied binary data. So I know a lot of these, these models. Um, and so it's actually a real interesting way to to start with 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 data is um, you know just category just zero one before you get to you know the you know your quantities you know um, so like you know like you know square feet you know exists here on a distribution um, but. The nice thing about binary data is it allows for simple research questions, um, which you know can or cannot you know be a good thing. Um, but you know, Python philosophy is simple is better than complex, and so I think it's a good starting point. You know, before because a lot of the time, this is what I stress is. You know, a lot of the time I see these machine learning applications or what have you, and people are just applying the most advanced models every single time. And they, that, that's where they begin. And I think you should begin with the basics and then, you know, build it up and up and up. So often you can just start with zero and one and you know you you can make it more complex right we, i mean right we could code all of these as a unique category and then do like a multi-probit model right <laughs> um but i don't i just am biased to think that before you start off with the most complex model just start off with the simple model here and then just build it up brick by brick so long story short we're going to create this series here. You know, number one rule: look at your data. So, so just calculating the simple statistics here, right? There's 933 licenses. 20% are DBE. So. So yeah, so there's twenty percent of them are of licenses are categorized as DBEs. Well, we have to have an objective here, a research question. Well, the commissioner, a commissioner, Commissioner Carmargo, asked the question: What's the breakdown of these licenses by DBE status, right? Because you don't want DBEs to be zero all the way down because that would mean they're, you know, they're getting excluded here. Um, actually, in particular, we were interested in about DBEs on this graph. Um, we could actually do DBEs here too, um, but uh, I think she specifically asked for the cultivation ones. So we'll start here. So. We'd want to count by DBEs, you know, because like I said, you don't want them being excluded, right? So if all the DBEs are zero, that's maybe not ideal. And then maybe if all the DBEs are tier one, you know, that may also not really be 
what the, the commission is looking for. Um, so, so we can help out. We can help them with account, right? We can, we can count. The computers can count better than we can. So let's uh, count with Python. Um, so we're going to get all the cultivators. Okay, and well, we may actually want to just look at the final licenses here in a second, but these are actually just going to be all the cultivators. So maybe here in a second, we're, we, we may back up and just look at the ones that are operational. But, uh, but the, these are actually all the cultivators, provisional license or final license. Okay, so, so we can back up. So like I said, it's all about starting simple and just adding layers. And so that's what I like to do. Just keep adding conditional layers. So our first conditional layer is, you know, are they a DBE? You know, the next conditional layer, are they a cultivator? You could add another condition, are they a final license? So just keep stacking these conditionals, you know, keep taking conditional averages. And, well, we want to see if these conditional averages are different. And that's where ANOVA comes in, right? Because if we go back to our quick touch on ANOVA here, you know, it's essentially a statistical test if these two populations, if their means are different. So we're essentially going to assume that we've got samples from two different populations, the sample of DBEs and a sample of non-DBEs. And we want to do a hypothesis test to see if their averages are different. What are we going to look at? We're going to look at the square feet of their facility. Why? It's sort of arbitrary, but it's just a measure we have. And it's a demonstration of how you can perform ANOVA. Um, well, I guess uh, right. the A is analysis. So, so this is how you perform ANOVA. So we've got our cultivators. I'll run through this real quick and get us out of here on time, hopefully. So we've got our cultivators. We can get our DBE. Oh, yes. Okay, so we've got our cultivators. Oh, yes, it looks like we are looking at our operating cultivators. So we've got 92 operating cultivators. And so now it would be interesting to know of these operating cultivators, what proportion are designated in their application status as a DBE? So I don't think, you know, they're permanently DBEs. I think it's more of an application status thing, but like I said, something I can read up more about. Okay, 16.3. So 16.3% of cultivators that we believe are operating today. So these are ones with final licenses. We're classified as DBEs. 
Well, what is the distribution of the square feet of these dBEs? Well, this is, histograms are tricky to get right, but this is our attempt of drawing this histogram where we try to draw these two distributions on top of each other. As you can see, we don't have very many you know, DBE cultivators, 15. So it's going to be hard for us to, to determine anything with statistical confidence here because we have such a low observation. Um, so because of the low number, and that's why we were starting with zero or one, right? Because if we got even more granular than this, we're going to have even fewer observations. And it's just going to be tricky to say anything with statistical power when you only have a small number. So we may actually want to look at ANOVA of you know total licenses here versus just the, the final licenses. Um, but just to, to go ahead and do these counts here, because that's that's what we were after. Here we just count, this is just a simple count of the number of cultivations at the different tier levels and the number of DBEs at the different tier levels. So as you can see, the DBEs, you've got four, there's not many there's not many cultivations that are dbes so you've got four and five that are tier one and tier two you've got one tier three one tier five one tier 10 and one tier 11. notice there's not that many that are in you know this range here but you know there's not non-negligible amount and so you know so i so that the idea would be like, you know, you don't want, uh, you know, DBEs getting excluded necessarily anywhere, you know, along uh, the, the chain here. Um, and then the statistic that I thought was just the way that we could start to quantify this is look at the average size of the cultivation. And so here's just the average size of uh, the DBEs by, by tier here. And like I said, we don't have many observations, so it's going to be tricky to declare a statistical difference in any of these averages. But if you just look at some of these, I thought it was interesting. So, so for example, your DBEs for tier one and tier two, you know, they're actually you know above average square feet. The same for the tier five. The tier five is above average, tier 10 above average, um, but the tier 11 um, below average. So it could just be noise, right? We don't have a lot of observations, so we're performing NOVA below to see if we can determine anything with statistical certainty. But you know, you know, these averages, you know, may or may not be different, but um, we're going to see if we, we can determine that. So, I'd like to just show you a real interesting
python package so you've got penguin so this is a python package i just discovered but they've got some cool statistical tools and it's open source so it's the first time hearing so check it out but oh yeah we're almost at the end so yeah. sorry if i you've got to run um i'll be concluding here momentarily but long story short you can calculate the correlation between dbe and square feet you can see there's a slight negative pearson r correlation coefficient so there may be a slight negative correlation but we see it's only 0 0.5 so it'd be slight and it would not be significantly different so just to to visualize that here you have you know the breakdowns so zero would be not dbe and then one would be dbe and like i said there is you know this slight negative correlation but probably due to the fact that we have very few observations are we able to say with any certainty if they're different well we can perform an ANOVA where we essentially calculate a p-value and measure it against an f distribution and then we can say with probability if we reject or fail to reject our hypothesis here so we perform our nova and these are the metrics we're looking at here so as you can see our f statistic and then this is our p-value. So we would be looking for a p-value of less than 0 0.05 to declare the means were statistically different at the 95% confidence level. Well, we failed to reject the difference. Well, if we failed to reject, we can't make a type one error because we didn't reject it, but there is a probability that we made a type two error where the means are in fact different, but we failed to reject them. So that would be beta or the power of our test. So we can actually calculate the power of our test, which would be around 15 percent so we would say you know there's around a 15 percent chance that we're failing to reject the fact that there isn't in fact a difference but we just don't have enough statistical power to conclude that there is difference let me preface everything we're making some huge assumptions about our data one that it's normally distributed you yeah, know, which, it, no. which it's not. 
So, so, you know, yeah, I mean, Mark, Johnny, you may know better than I, but, you know, this casts some serious doubt on our analysis here, right? Because if our, you know, data is not normal going in, we can't really be, you know, using statistical tests that assume normality. So, long story short, <laughs> one could say that, you know, I wouldn't put too much confidence in this statistical test we just did, um, you know, because we, you know, violated some basic assumptions. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that you did the power analysis too, because you need eighty percent power. So, um, yeah. Yes. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And this is our beta. So that would actually mean the probability. Yes. So long story short, like you said, we need a much more powerful test if we're we're actually going to be making inferences from from this test. Um, and so the ways you could potentially, you know, adjust this is, you know, maybe, maybe look at, instead of just looking at operating cultivators, maybe just look at everybody. But once again, you're, you know, the more gen, if you kind of generalize it, you know, you may obscure some of these differences here. So long story short, you know, we tried to see if we could measure like a difference in the square feet of the facility between DBEs and not. We we weren't really able to confidently determine one way or the other. I think there's still work to be done. So for example, maybe we could look at retailers, you know, look at everybody together instead of just looking at cultivators. So we may have added on too many conditional layers. So it may be worth kind of taking a step back, um, right? Because we, we basically got too granular. We reduced our sample size too much. So, so it would be worth taking a, you know, taking a step back and maybe, maybe just looking at licensees in general or maybe there's a better metric than square footage. Um, so, so once again, it was really just a brain exercise of how, you know, you can get public Massachusetts cannabis data. You can well, calculate. Yeah, get the URL for the API. Oh, yes. Okay. And I'll, I'll share this script with you. Okay, so cool. that, so that way you can, you know, run through it just to, you know, see everything we've done. Essentially, and ch check some prior weeks because, let's see here. You know, they, there are many good data sources to be had. Um, so I'll, 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 afterwards, I'll send you the link so that way you can, you know, find some of these data sets for yourself and ex explore for yourself. So, well. Thank you. This is great. Yeah.
and and like I said, you know, we weren't maybe able to walk away with, you know, the the best, you know, breakdown here, but it was just a demonstration. So, you know, by all means, you know, tr try some ANOVA out with different conditional averages. So maybe this wasn't the best way to break down the data. So, you know, by all means, you know, try out, you know, try out this analysis, but apply to different variables or the data broken down in different ways. So, so I'm hoping here, I'm going to go ahead and end the, the presentation here, but I'm hoping you were able to get something out of it. The, you know, the, at least the valuable thing I was going to add was, you know, you know, our forecasts of sales per retailer and plants per retail per cultivator were off. So you at least have first knowledge that those estimates were off and we could do better. So I usually try to provide better valuable tidbits than that. So I'll try to do better next week, but. No, Wednesday this is great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've not been to others, so maybe that's what you're comparing it to. But uh, I, I like the breakdown of stats um, and, and how we can um, use the libraries to do that. So, yeah. So I've only used SPSS for stats. So, yeah. Well, awesome. And it doesn't matter what, what tool you use for the job. We're just saying, oh, you know, showing how it can be done with Python. But yeah. whatever, to whatever tool you can use for the job, then, you know, it's just math and statistics at the end of the day. So hopefully, you know, you can replicate it, however you, whichever tools you choose to use. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you both for attending. Thank you, Marjana and Christoph. So please feel free to be in touch. I'll email you both the source code. That way you can poke at it, improve it and use it how you wish. And I'm happy to, to see you on Wednesday and then next Saturday. Yeah, all right, see ya, bye. All right, enjoy your day.